possessed of a lacerating anger that attached itself to every story. I never tried to untangle the genesis of this sensitivity. Instead, I told myself the fire would lend power and energy to my work, which it had. In my first newspaper job, I arrived at my desk by 6 a.m. and spent weekends off tracking delinquents. I ran down a teenager who'd scrawled swastikas outside a string of Jewish businesses in the Bronx, and came up with a portrait of a metalhead dropout that crowned me the New York Press Association's rookie reporter of 1992. I talked my way into legal archives where I had no business, and uncovered the dissolute past of a city school board member who'd been the getaway driver for a failed teacher assassination plot all of it chasing answers to the question I never spoke aloud. You want to know what makes people do the things they do? You want to understand motivation? Said my first editor, cutting to the heart of the matter. Cover schools. No pitch could have hit harder. Whether they were in classrooms or jail cells or standing on street corners, I ran down the misbegotten and reviled to measure the distance between us and find my way toward comprehension, if not forgiveness. I was not much good at forgiving. But journalism at least allowed me to interview and dissect my fears, flattening human mystery into twenty inches of type. The instant I stepped off the train in Poughkeepsie's sooty old railroad station to start my second newspaper job, I knew I'd made a mistake. The Poughkeepsie Journal had hired me as its education writer, and at the time, being wanted meant more than who was asking, so I'd ignored the tight flutter of foreboding in my throat, boxed up my dishes and furniture, and joined a dozen other would-be writers in a grimy newsroom where rainwater leaked from the ceiling. We pecked at our keyboards churning out stubbornly cheery tales from the center of a dead-end town, and focused the bulk of our coverage on the suburbs. Crime reports came on press releases faxed by the police department. We maintained a list of blacks to quote, so the journal might appear representative of all its readers. And we tiptoed around scandal. Few with money appeared in our pages against their wishes. Nor did the questionable practices of any government official not until the city's personnel manager was gunned down in her church parking lot, and the tax assessor was found floating in the Hudson River did the journal run a few stories, indicating that life in Poughkeepsie might not be precisely as we'd suggested. Even then, you had to read between the lines. The journal managed to sanitize a municipal assassination and attempted suicide, a federal investigation, rampant drug addiction, and the endless drip of low-level corruption. This polite approach suited Dutchess County, which surrounds the city of Poughkeepsie like a wreath and rates among the most picturesque landscapes in America. In autumn, when scarlet oak leaves rustled in the golden light, it was difficult to argue the presence of a divine plan. Here was a land of horse farms and gracious estates, of winding roads and old stone walls that skirted gently sloping fields. The Vanderbilts and Roosevelts had built their family estates just north of town, and it seemed perfectly reasonable, if you averted your gaze, to believe evil was a universe away. Far be it for the newspaper to say different.
Once a year, the country gentry of Duchess might steel themselves to visit the city for a Christmas-time benefit at the old vaudeville theater. But they otherwise avoided Poughkeepsie as you would a dead animal lying in the road. Who could blame them? The place was a pockmark, a blotch of stale-smelling bars and bulk discount stores, where broken-down homes crowded together like bad teeth. Main Street was all but deserted even on the sunniest afternoons, because every thoroughfare had been built to whisk drivers away toward the gleaming mall just south or the Catskill Mountains beyond. But young men still slouched along the arterial, hands jammed into pants pockets, chins jutting forward. A week after phoning Marguerite Marsh about her daughter, I was sitting in Poughkeepsie's police station, ready to interview the chief of detectives about the lingering mystery of...